As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to MAV Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Mavs Sports Take, episode 39, your weekly podcast for sports business and a whole lot more. Here we tackle the business of football and the news that you hear about and some that you don't. Tonight, David and I are recapping the 2021 NFL Draft and handing out our first ever Mav Draft grades. Will your team be star students or will they need to register for summer school? David wrote that terrible segue there. But I am so excited here. We are live on the Mav Sports Twitter. We are live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube, fresh off of our 2021 draft coverage. David Turner, another draft Yachts fan. How are you living, my friend? How excited are you to start in the 2022 now? Okay, I'm not starting 2022 for a month before you even start. But second, I mean, come on, that was a great intro. Are they going to are they going to summer school or are they good to go? Are they are they out of school real early? What's going on here? You know, are they yeah. getting advanced credit or are they all done for the year? What's going on? So no, I love the intro. So suck it. But <laughs> it was a know, great intro. It was good. I, I'm just being I'm I'm I don't know. It was just like a little too dad joke for me, which is slightly over the top in my opinion. But you're yeah. a young dad. See, I'm I'm four kids in, so that's a great dad joke for me. I, I I mean, I guess it, it is like the scouting world and the scouting community. That is a subjective opinion. We'll leave it at that, <laughs> I guess. So we're getting into draft grades. Like I said, we had a fun time live all three days of the draft. David was live for every single second. I was live as much as I possibly could. It was a great time. We had, of course, some surprises, some Frustrating moments, I would say. I kept asking David, you know, when we're on a pick like 90 and David's like, I don't understand what's happening anymore. I, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm giving up here. So we want to recap 
every one of these drafts and just have a good conversation. We also have some some questions that people wanted to throw in the chat. We'll kind of we'll try to cut, touch on as much as we possibly can. If you are live with us again on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, you can throw us a live question, especially if it's about your team's, uh, your favorite team specifically. We would love to talk it out. So, David, without further ado, we wanted to start in the NFC West. But before we do, Maverick Sports Consulting was created in 2015 to train young athletes how to maximize the interview process. Are you a parent of a young student athlete looking to help secure them the coaching they need to be successful in the recruiting process? Are you a young person wanting to learn how to tell your story correctly to decision makers? We have worked with clients such as Odell Beckham Jr., Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, Marcus Peters, Giovanni Bernard, and even more. If you're looking to win in the interview process, go to Maverick Sports Consulting today to sign up. So we want to start in the NFC West. David, I thank you so much for giving the NFC West, of course, resident Rams fan around here. So have to break this division down. I will say... First and foremost about this division, I wasn't overly impressed by, by some of these drafts, to say the least. I'm just going to go down a list here. Give us draft grade. Arizona Cardinals gave them, David, and I think you might agree with me. I don't know. We'll see in a second. I gave them a C plus. I'm a little bit of a harsh grader. For, for some of you that don't know, I'm also in the education field. And I will say I'm not just going to hand out A grades willy-nilly here. Cardinals, in my opinion, and somebody asked this on Twitter today. Zaven Collins, first-round pick. I like Zaven Collins, the football player. I don't think that that was the biggest need that the Arizona Cardinals had on the board. I like the football player. I really do. I'm going to find it very curious to see how him and Isaiah Simmons, the first-round pick from 2020 NFL draft, mesh together. They're very different players, which in theory would say they probably mesh somewhat well together. But it's going to be interesting. Then you go Rondell Moore in the second round. Again, I love Rondell Moore. I know I like Rondell Moore a whole lot more than David Turner does. But it's just the fact of, like, you have DeAndre Hopkins. You have Christian Kirk. Wide receiver might be a secondary need. But for me, it wasn't dire straits. This offensive line, I think, needs improving. The defensive line, specifically on the interior, I think it needs some improving. I didn't love it. And then they have to replace Patrick Peterson. And your answer for replacing Patrick Peterson in this draft is Marco Wilson. No, thank you. No, thank you. Was it oh, was a reach. Did not love that selection at all. Victor Dimakeji. Sorry, I probably butchered that terrible. I'm usually pretty good at names. The Duke defense event. I liked it for to a decent degree. Take out. It's okay. James Wiggins was a phenomenal pick later in the draft. But for me, I just – this draft – couple good players at the top. I don't think that they were like the biggest needs in the world, though, so I'm a little harsh on the Arizona Cardinals draft here. 49ers, I liked a little better. They got Trey Lance, of course. They traded up. It's a little bit of a gamble, but that kid, if he, if it hits, we're talking about one of the best quarterbacks potentially in the NFL. They get Aaron Banks in the second round, too. Some people thought Aaron Banks, was, it was a little early for him. I'm telling you, man, good football player. We saw him down in Mobile. We saw him during his time at, at, with Notre Dame. In that wide zone system that Kyle Shanahan runs, former left tackle recruit who turned guard, I think it's a phenomenal fit. So I really like the Aaron Banks fit. Um, we look moved down. The draft started getting a little hairy for me, which is why they only have a B. They drafted Trey Sermon for me. I don't think he fits into the wide zone system as a running back. Didn't love that value there in the third round. I thought there were better options at running back on the board. Ambry Thomas, okay. 
Jalen Moore, Western Michigan. I like his developmental potential. Diamandre Lenore, the defensive back from Oregon, solid. Talano Hofanga, solid. Favorite pick, favorite value in this draft probably was Elijah Mitchell there, the running back, who I think fits the system better than Trey Sermon, their third third round pick. So a couple good picks. You got your quarterback potentially long-term, so I'll give him a B. But there was a couple spot picks, specifically the Trey Sermon pick in the third round. I just don't think he's a wide zone runner. I just think it was a little underwhelming to me, to say the least, for the middle stages of this draft. Seattle Seahawks, of course, did not have a first-round pick, a part of the Jamal Adams deal. Oh, man, they their offensive line just needs help. It just honestly does. And then your first pick in the second round is Dwayne Eskridge, who is a fun little slot receiver. He's got some speed to him, obviously, but, like, is that the big need on your roster? You have DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett. Like, it's not a bad wide receiver room. Why is Dwayne Eskridge your first pick? They got Trey Brown, defensive back out of Oklahoma, super scrappy. I think he can play a little bit outside, but I think he's really going to be good in the nickel. I like the pick. Stone Forsythe, the offensive tackle from Florida later in the draft. I like the value of the spot. But for me, that offensive line still needs help. I, I just, uh, uh, I don't know. Seattle Seahawks, I, I don't I don't really trust you, honestly, outside of Russell Wilson. So C- minus on that one, my lowest graded in the division, in the NFC West, actually. And then my last one, the Rams. Of course, I'm a Rams fan. I gave them a C. I thought it was not a great draft. It was very underwhelming. They're in the same position where offensive line, for me, is solid. It's going to be solid for at least another year. But... Andrew Whitworth is about to turn 40, you know, and Rob Havenstein, you don't know what his long-term outlook is going to look at right tackle. And then there's can be some retooling on the interior. So I just don't understand how they looked at this very good offensive line class in 2021 and said, nah, we're good. We're going to go two, two at well in the second round. Instead, a little wide receiver. When you already have Robert Woods, you already have Cooper cup. You drafted Van Jefferson in the second round last year at wide receiver. Why is wide receiver the need? And then you oh, double and triple down. Or not to get um, they brought. Oh, and they Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, they Deshaun brought Deshaun Jackson, Jackson in. Well, I, I mean, I've been a record. Not, I don't yeah. depend on Deshaun Jackson. He's playing like six games over the last two years, so that one doesn't really count for me. But it's just you, you double down. You take Jacob Harris, who's a phenomenal special teams player, but again, wide receiver adding to the room. Take Ben Skoranek from Notre Dame. Again, I like Ben. He's a super physical blocker, and I'm sure he's going to be a dom- dominant special teams player. But again. Why is wide receiver the priority in this draft? I like the middle round for the Rams, which saved it a little bit. I liked Ernest Jones in the third round out of South Carolina. I think he's going to play a lot, the linebacker. I think Bobby Brown was a very good value early in the fourth round out of Texas A&M. Some developmental potential there. I like Robert Rochelle, the, the cornerback out of Central Arkansas. Ernest Brown's fine. Chris Garrett's fine. I just I don't understand why the Rams decided wide receiver and skill position was the big necessity here when you have decisions to make down the road for offensive line. So for me, David, NFC West, very underwhelming division. Maybe the most underwhelming division in the entire National Football League as far as draft goes. Well, yeah, the best pick out of the whole draft is Trey Lance, and that was the Niners. And like you said, I like what they did with the Banks, and then they came back and got Elijah Mitchell later. You know, those those three really stand out for me. What the Cardinals did, again, I don't – with you, I'm with you. Zane, great football player, don't know how he fits. Rondell Moore, not, you know, not a big Rondell Moore go like, like you. I don't really understand the rest of their draft when they had such a big need at corner. They had some need at pass rusher. And the way they attacked this draft where they're sitting, I don't get what the Cardinals did. 
I know they got a couple guys in free agency and stuff to take names, but this to me was a perfect draft class to fill some holes. And I didn't really feel they addressed them. Yeah. in Seattle, I mean, you got a quarterback begging for offensive line, just begging for offensive line. And you go wide receiver and cornerback, both short, small people before you even get any size or, or anything on the offensive line. And by the time you do address offensive line, it was a good value pick, big person. Mm -hmm. But again, if you would have came out of this with three offensive linemen and making your, your, you know, your quarterback happy, I don't think anybody would have uh, frowned on you for doing that, especially not having a first round pick. So, and then, you know, matchsticks, tutu. I just don't get what the Rams are doing <laughs> there with matchsticks. I'm matchstick. calling them matchsticks, I'm <laughs> matchsticks all, day, all day long. I mean, he runs on matchsticks. It's all he's running on. So, you know, like you said, there's some value in the middle rounds there, but. For me, it's very underwhelming. As a division, the Niners obviously took the prize. If you're doing yep. a, a divisional grade card, Niners win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we take it to Agreed. the mat, take it to the you know, the, the the scorecards, and the Niners win this one. No, I agree completely. They were my highest graded in the division. Not a, not a hard one for the uh, Niners to win, though. And I I mean, man, I just feel like Russell Wilson being the improviser he is. For the longest time now, he's just made some bad offensive lines look serviceable. So they're just like, uh, you know, makes chicken salad out of chicken shit. So we don't need to invest in the offensive line, which is a very stupid way of thinking. But, David, I know you wanted to break down. We're going to get into the NFC East. I know you're a big Eagles fan. You love Howie. You love yeah. the Eagles. So I would love your breakdown of this division and see what, see what you thought. Because I honestly, I thought for the most part, this division was pretty successful, if I do say so myself. Yeah, it was honestly, it's one of the better one divisional drafts. And this is, yeah. you know, this isn't so easy to grade out. I will start with the Eagles. I, I didn't like a lot of what they did. I gave them a C plus on this draft. You know, I gave them, I almost gave them a B minus, but it was a C plus. And this is why, because Devontae Smith loved the idea of him playing there. I really do. I think he fits their system. They tra- how he made the, you know, trade up to get him, made sure he got that guy, kept him away from the Giants. But then, then when Landon Dickerson, injury history, I'm not as big as you are on Milton Williams. I'm not sure the fit there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Who likes Milton Williams? You got the wrong person here. You got the wrong person. <laughs> no, I know. I knew I was stirring the pot there. Uh, and then the Texas, you know, they desperately need a corner, and they waited to get the Texas Tech corner, uh, McPherson. So, Again, I'm like, uh, now, but they do save. They come back now, and Gainwell, I like a lot. I think he fits their system. I enjoy him. I like the Coastal Carolina defensive end, and then they got one of my favorite players and friend of the show, Jacoby Stevens. So, mm-hmm. to me, those were some key pickups where I'm like, okay, you went from a possible D up to a C plus because of that. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, you go, right, you go up the road a little bit to the Washington football team, at their first round pick, I didn't understand. And I'm not going to sit here and say I, I, I watch a lot of Jamin Davis film. I watched a little bit because I heard his name. I thought he was going to be a second round pick. So I was yep. watching him a little bit, but I didn't think he'd go to, to them so high in the first round. They came back. I really like what they did here at Cosme, then the St. Juice kid, then the Brown wide receiver from North Carolina, then the John Bates tight end from uh, Boise State. Um, then to come back towards the end of the draft and bring in uh, Tony Shaka, Shaka Tony from uh, Penn State, 
and the BYU Max uh, Maline wide receiver. Yep. I really like all those picks. I, I know I, I really enjoy, and they got one of the better one of the better names in the draft in, in Cameron Cheeseman, the long snapper out of Michigan. So, you know, anybody who's going to draft a Cheeseman is getting a passing grade from me, and I gave them a B plus because, again, I really thought they had some strong picks there from two through five, and then they finished out pretty strong too with Shaka and, um, and Dax. So that was fun to watch. You know, obviously former colleagues of mine are up there, so I was, like, watching them really intently. Then the Cowboys. I'm not a Cowboy fan. Everybody who knows that knows I'm, I'm a big blue guy. But, man, I got to give them an A. I'm not going to lie. We knew they had to go defense, and they had to stick to defense, and they needed to really address this defense and tailor it for their new coach on defense. And, man, they get my favorite defensive player in the draft in Micah, and then Micah Parsons out of Penn State. And then they come back and they get the cornerback, Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky. They get um, Osa, not even going to try last name. Oh, Diggy Zua. Come on, man. He was a former, his brother was a former Giant. Come on. Yeah, I, yeah, I was still not trying that. Um, out of UCLA, you know, we saw him down at the Senior Bowl. He had really good interior power rushes. He did. So he had some good hand violence. He did some good rip, uh, slap and rip moves, um, things that will help him at the next level. And then – Again, I think as a steal, as long as his character and everything off the field checks out, is Chauncey Golston, um, you know, the defensive end rusher from Iowa. They get the long corner um, right out of Oregon State. Then they come back and get another one of my favorite players out of LSU, Jabril Cox, to pair with Micah in the middle. And then, you know, they, they stay with defense when they get the Kentucky defensive tackle, South Carolina cornerback. And then, you know, they took they sprinkled in a couple offensive linemen and got one receiver out of Stanford. But I mean, you think about that, all those draft picks, they stuck to their plan. They got some long corners, some like six foot four type corners that go with what coach wants to do. Um, They got pass rushers, linebacker help. I really thought they addressed their needs extremely well. Yeah. Hold on. I'm almost. All right. All right. Go ahead. and then the Giants, I thought what they did was masterful, not for this year, but really for next year. They already got 10 draft picks going into what's supposedly going to be a deeper draft. They, they really are. And they did a great free agency to set this up where they didn't need to get the best player on the board. They chose to get best players on the board. So for me, getting Tony, getting the, uh, you know, Georgia defensive end and Ozzy Orgelari, um, you know, those made sense. Those to me were really good picks. I didn't understand the Aaron Robinson. I love the Ellerson Smith. Then the running back from Arizona, when they had other running backs there, like Roundtree, I didn't understand that. And then the corner to finish out, again, in already a deep room. They have a lot of corners in that room. Didn't understand that again. So those two corners were my big question marks and the running back from Arizona. So I only gave them a B because I really love how Tony's going to fit in their system especially with injuries they often have there in the receiver room. And then uh, the edge rusher getting them at such a great value and then picking up one of my favorite players in Ellerson Smith late. I like that. So for me, the Giants got a B. And out of that, again, most of these, you know, three of the four teams got Bs or As for me. 
Yeah, and defensive end pressure has been a problem for the Giants for the last couple of years. I really Ojolari for me. I was on the radio earlier, and, and they asked me what I thought was one of the best values. Ojolari fall into the second round, obviously with the medical recheck. I think that's a great spot. Ellerson Smith, the versatility he brings, love that fit as well. And I, I would like to shout out the Washington football team for a second. I agree with you. I'm not a Jamin Davis guy, but I am going to give Ron Rivera the benefit of the doubt for for just a second because obviously he is he has developed some really great linebackers on the NFL level. So if there's anybody that can get the overall athleticism tangibly into a football player, I, I will give Ron Rivera the benefit of the doubt before I have you know a complete opinion on that pick. And then besides that, I thought the Washington football team. Samuel Cosme in the second round. You want to talk about value? I thought that boy was going late first. That was a real. I mean, that I think he's a starting level left tackle down the road. Benjamin St. Juice, like you mentioned, Diami Brown, a lot of good value. Shaka Tony in the seventh round. I didn't think he was going to be the seventh round. I wasn't. I mean, I didn't think he was a day two pick, but I thought he was maybe early day three because he, te- he tested really well. He's been a productive pass rusher at Penn State. He's you know I know he's a little bit undersized, so he's a little bit scheme dependent, but. I think the Washington football team did really well for themselves, David. I thought that, that that division in general did a very good job. We want to kind of move quickly into the NFC North, another division that I gave some high grades to. And I said I'm a little stingy on giving high grades, but I really thought the NFC North specifically did a great job, starting with the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, they traded back, and they were still able to land Christian Darrisaw at pick, I think, 24 or so, which I thought was – Tremendous value. I thought he was going to go over Alex Leatherwood, who Alex Leatherwood obviously went in the 17th that we'll be talking about later. But I, tremendous value. Didn't like the Kellerman thing. I really didn't. Uh, I understand it in the third round there, but I don't like the selection of the quarterback, obviously. There's some developmental potential, but like for me, he's just kind of been the same guy for three years. So you can keep yelling developmental potential, talent, all that t- type of stuff. But if he hasn't made big strides over the last couple of years, then at some point it's a moot point. So I didn't love that pick. But then we go Chaz Surratt, linebacker from North Carolina. We go Wyatt Davis from Ohio State, fell a little bit. Patrick Jones fell a little bit. Love those selections. Moving with Cameron Bynum, Amir Smith-Marset, who we talked about, David, the wire receiver from Iowa, who I like a ton. Jalen Twyman after his bad pro day fell into the sixth round, which I thought was tremendous value. And then, of course, friend of the show, fifth-round selection, Zach Davidson, tight end out of Central Missouri. Fantastic value there with Zach Davidson. I mean, we're talking about six foot six and a half, 250 pounds, ran in the four sixes, high 30-inch vertical, was very productive at Central Missouri, obviously a D2 school, but I think he has the talent to transcend. So I was a big fan of this Minnesota draft. Green Bay? Not as much. This would be the lowest rank that I have. I gave the Vikings, by the way, an A minus. Forgot to mention that one. I was really a big fan of their draft outside of Kellamont. Green Bay Packers. I love Eric Stokes. We've talked about this. I love Eric Stokes. I think opposite Jair Alexander, he's going to be an upgrade over Kevin King pretty early in his career. I love that pick. They get Josh Myers, who I'm a fan of on the interior offensive line. Amari Rogers is a good football player. Royce Newman is solid. There, there, there's a bunch of good football players in this draft. The thing for me, though, is this: I think this is kind of a failure of the organization in general. We've been begging the Green Bay Packers to get weapons outside of Devontae Adams. Begging. And they got Amari Rodgers, who I do like. I do like Amari Rodgers. But in the last two drafts, when you have a winning window open, they have drafted 
One wide receiver. One wide receiver. They don't have a difference maker. For me, I think that it's a little ass backwards, to be honest. And we're wondering why Aaron Rodgers is so distraught in this current situation. I think it's because he wants to have some input in it, and they're not working with him. And I'm not saying that he should be the you know, end-all, be-all, above everybody else, making decisions, but he is the quarterback. He is a future Hall of Famer. I think that he should have a little more input than maybe he's gotten to this point. Didn't love what the Green Bay Packers did. I thought they had some good football players. But overall, I think the strategy is a little flawed there with the team that is in a winning window. Then we went to the Lions. I gave this team the highest grade in the division, David. I gave this an A. I really love what the Detroit Lions did. Penny Sewell in the first. Levi Anwuzurike, the defensive tackle out of Washington, who is more of a three-tech. And then they doubled down on defensive tackles because, I mean, building through the trenches, it's a bad roster. It's bare, right? It's barren right now. So then they go and they get a Lee McNeil, who's more of a one-tech out of NC State, which I think the pairing makes so much sense. I really I love do that like pairing. I love that pairing. It, it just makes so much sense. I feel like those guys are going to work off each other so well. And then they go back. They drafted um, they drafted the kid out of Ohio State last year, Jeffrey Okuda, with the high pick. So you need a running mate with him. They get Ifiatu Melifonwu in the third round. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I can dig that. Then you get Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth. I was a fan of that. Derek Barnes, the li- the um, versatile linebacker out of Purdue. Home run draft. Almost an A-plus for me, but it's just a little hard for me to give somebody an A-plus because I just that's the highest of the grades, right? So I gave them an A. I really loved what the Detroit Lions did. I've been very skeptical of the – I like Brad Holmes, but the Dan Campbell thing, I, I've been a little skeptical early on. But first drafts? I'm, I'm a fan. I, I like what they did here at the first draft. And then the Bears. Some people are going to be in between on the Justin Fields thing. I think that they probably feel better about the quarterback situation than they have in some time. So they get Justin Fields early. Tevin Jenkins, huge value, falling to the second round there. Starting right tackle immediately. I was mocking him to them at 20. So huge value there. They get a guy like Khalil Herbert in like the sixth, fifth or sixth round, the running back out of Virginia Tech. I think that was a tremendous value for that slot. Daz Newsome, Kyrus Tonga, the defensive tackle out of BYU. I have an A minus on this draft as well. I almost, it was like a tough call between B plus, A minus. I kept going back and forth, but I really like this draft, especially if Justin Fields hits. I think that this is a, fa- a foundational draft, even though I think. I don't know how much longer Nagy is going to be there as their head coach, but really did like that draft. And I mean, in general, David, as you can hear, I was a pretty big fan of what the NFC North did. I think that they had a very good draft as a division here. I thought that especially the Detroit Lions did some found some foundational, fantastic things. No, I'm with you. I think this as a division is a very strong division in their draft. You saw some incredible decision-making and value picks um, you know, the Bears, I probably would have gave a solid A to just because I'm not. And again, everybody on draft day, you heard me talk. I'm not the huge Justin's field fan, but they made a decision to come get them. They got Jenkins and and uh, Larry Bynum like right after that. So they, they picked up a couple tackles to help out that offensive line. They stayed with it with Herbert, you know, and then they went and got him a weapon and Newsom in the receiver. So. They had a philosophy, which was draft the quarterback, build around them, two young defensive linemen and a running back and a receiver to go with them. 
and then back in fillers at uh, corner and uh, defensive tackle that I think were more like, I can't believe these guys are still here picks. We got to take them instead of staying with the philosophy, look at the value there, and they went with it. Um, you know, for me, like you said, the Lions building through the trenches and that pairing of D tackles, Sewell, I mean, that just sets up their their offense and defensive line for a long time to come. Malafonu, I was mocking even in my own uh, late first, early second, and to have him there in the third was, to me, an absolute steal. And like you said, uh, St. Brown being there and Derek Barnes, it's just like, wow, those picks were just solid. Draft was solid. That was really impressive. I know you gave the the Green Bay Packers a B, and I'm with you on your reasoning and everything. I really love Stokes. I love Myers' pick for him because they lost their center in free agency. Rodgers, I think he's going to be a good player, but you're right. They need more of a dynamic player there. Um, They filled a lot of holes and gaps in this draft underwhelmed a little bit i probably would have been more of a b minus c plus on them just me personally just because even though i love stokes and myers and rogers like those first three the rest of the draft to me was just okay um but vikings i mean we saw them have a ton of picks last year a bunch of value picks and they did the same thing this year with some of our favorite players just coming in there and uh making some good decisions and picks uh, especially with Robinson, where was he like the fifth or sixth round that that um, defensive end out of uh, Florida State? I thought that was a yeah. great value pick back where they got him. So, you know, all that being said, I think that might, as a division, take the cake on the best draft. And that's the best draft from the Bears that we've seen in many years. Like, being honest, if, if they would have drafted that way all the whole time Pace was there, this team would be in a lot better situation. Yeah, and I, I re- it's the first time in a long time, man, we could say that the uh, Lions are leading by example. So shout out to the Detroit Lions. Looking like they're getting stuff turned around here. We're going to move here now to the NFC South with David's favorite player in this entire draft, J.C. Horn, headlining this conference. David, how a division, I should say. How, fans of the Carolina Panthers, maybe if you want to start there. Well, you know, I think this division was good. They were solid. There was right. one sore, stump, sore thumb sticking out, and we'll get to which one that was. Um, but, you know, think about Fitterer, his first draft there in Carolina. Last year, the team went all defense the whole time. This year, you know what? I thought they had a hell of a draft for, for a, a solid draft. J.C. Horn is your one, you know, fan-carrying member of his fan club. You know, you got uh-huh. your card in your wallet. Uh, he was, the you know, Great, fantastic first defensive player, even off the board. I thought that was incredible for them because of all the receivers in their division. They got a guard and and man up. He's going to help them with that. Getting a guy like Terrence Marshall Jr., you know, that guy just fits right in the system. He's been with Coach Brady before. That's their big X. Fits with the other guys there. Getting Tommy Tremble to be a blocking big tight end. I don't know how much of a pass threat he's going to be, but he's going to help that offensive line be more physical. Love the pick at Chuba Herbert you know, to go with McCaffrey and uh, Darian, uh, Darius Clark and other ones that they've added there. You know, I think that gives them a couple more big backs, and Chuba is a good running back. I think he, he got a, a bad deal there this year. So if he would have came out last year, he would have went higher. Then again, you get Nixon, a D tackle, and then um, Dwayne, Bo- Dwayne Brown, who I'm not a huge fan of, but what, someone I am a huge fan of is Shai Smith. Like getting Shai Smith back where they got him in, what, the sixth round or fifth round, 
Yeah. Unbelievable talent they they added right there. Route runner, fantastic hands. So I really think Fitterer did a great job filling in the gaps here and helping uh helping go with uh build this roster right here. And and honestly, like the the phone call to long snapper Fletcher. If you haven't heard it, don't let the kids be in the room when he when you turn it on. <laughs> but it's one of the best phone calls from the coach to the kid telling him he got drafted. I, I might have ever heard in my life. It was hilarious. So uh, it was something I got to listen to today, and I was laughing my ass off on that one. <laughs> yeah, and the Falcons, I thought they had a really good draft. You know, I, again, don't I, lie I, to us. Don't lie to us. Well, here's the thing. So Panthers, I gave a B plus. I think they won the division by a hair. I think the Panthers won the division by the hair. I like the Falcons what they did. I like Kyle Pitts. Richie Grant was interesting, but I like Mayfield. I like Darren Hall. You know, I, I think the cornerback from San Diego State, not a lot of people know him. But oh, I, I love think, Darren Hall. I but love I, I think Hall. he's going to be a really good player. People are going to know who he is. Um, yeah. I like, again, I like the Arizona State, Frank Darby late, one of their last picks. I think the kid can develop. And in that receiver room, there's no pressure for him to start right away. He can play special teams, get his, his weight under control. I thought that was a great value pick late. And then, uh, you know, the Notre Dame um, – not even gonna try. I'll let you do the name. Was it Adi? Is it Adi? Yeah. Adi. It's Adakumpo Ogundiji. Yeah, whatever. Ryan. <laughs> the guy's got like thirty-five inch arms. He's yep. he's a he's a genetical like just unbelievably put together individual. So you know, I thought they were solid. I gave him a B because from Pitts, who's a difference maker through the rest of it, was a B. It wasn't over exciting. But it was better than most. And again, I like Jalen Mayfield to help them out. He can move into guard right away. I think you said that on the, the live coverage and then bump out, you know, and play tackle later in his career if they call him on to do that. Right. You know, wash, you know, again, you go to the Bucks. I I don't understand their first pick, Joe Tryon. Like I don't think there's better pass rushers sitting there that you know they could have taken with that that overall pick. Just me. Love the Kyle Trask pick. Love the Robert Hennessy pick. Um, I love. I, I like the Auburn uh, KJ Britt pick. I like the cornerback Will Cox. Uh, Chris uh, Will Cox pick. I like the uh, Houston's uh, outside linebacker in uh, Strud pick. I don't get the the North Texas kid. I don't get him at all. You know, to me, I'm not excited about him and his route running at the next level. I, everybody's telling me he's such a great route runner. We'll see at the next level. So again. A B. They get a B. You know, they have some good picks there. They have some question marks. Some I don't understand. I don't get. So they get a B. Now the sore thumb. Oh, the Bucks were at the sore thumb? I thought the Bucks were the sore thumb. No, the sore thumb is the Saints. Okay. So, you know, here we go. We love Peyton Turner. He even came on our coverage, you know, third day, and we talked about how excited he was. Love Peyton. First-round pick, Peyton. I, I want to say even in, when we were talking to him, he was a little surprised it was first-round pick. <laughs> he, you know, he said he saw some teams, he kind of thought it, and then all of a sudden the phone rang, and then he went and picked it up, and it was them. So it didn't even sound like he was prepared for that. So I think he was a little surprised. I was definitely surprised. Second round would have made so much more sense to me. Um, but he's a great young man, great friend of the broadcast. So, you know, I'm not going to harp on it. God bless him for getting a first-round contract, okay? Absolutely. Pete Warner, okay, but again, you need a cornerback, and you decide to address this cornerback with the Stanford kid, Paulson Abadou. 
Adebo. Yeah, and then you go and you dress Ian Book, which makes no sense. We yeah. were talking to the Saints podcast guy right at that point, and I thought it was great because here you are, the Notre Dame podcast guy. We have the Saints podcast guy, and both of you guys turned green and were about to throw up in the bucket when this guy got picked. And then you go and get Kentucky's uh, Landon Young in South Alabama's uh, wide receiver Baker, which, again, I, I'm very undervalued. I I are underwhelmed in this draft. I don't think they really address the needs with the right players. So I gave him a D. I'm like, you know what? Wow. You, might have, you might have to go to summer school because, oh. you know, the the roster, you have very little, you have very little room to work. You don't have a lot of cap space. And you went and this was your draft. Very underwhelmed. I think they got room to work that June 1st cut date and any player that's going to get cut between now and then they got to pick up some players in order to be competitive in this, in this division. Yeah. Saints definitely underwhelmed me for the picks that you talked about a little bit there. Peyton Turner for one, I like Peyton second round pick Peyton Turner. All good. I'm on the same, same kind of wavelength that you first round Peyton Turner. Not really there. And then obviously the big one is I I didn't mind the Adebo pick. I, I think Paulson has potential Pete Warner. I love that pick, but Ian book in the fourth round, man. What are we doing? What, Sean? Sean Payton, I know you're a smart man. I know you know you some football. I know you can coach offense to hell, dude. Like, I know you're a damn good coach. You're overthinking yourself on that one, brother. Uh, you are overthinking yourself if you think that Ian Book is worthy of a fourth-round pick or is worthy of developing. So, did not like that pick. I would say, though, David, for me, Saints and Bucks, they're a little closer, man. Like, I think – Dude, I don't like the Bucks draft. I don't. Joe Tryon, I thought, is the same reach that Peyton Turner was, even though I think Peyton Turner is a better football player, so I was a little more okay with it than Joe Tryon. Kyle Trask in the late second is just like, meh. Like, it's no, meh to don't, me. Don't talk, don't talk about my Kyle Trask. It's just meh. Like, it's not terrible. No, it's not good. It's just tonight. meh. It's all right, man. It's all right. We might get there. Robert Hainsey in the third round, I thought was a reach. Reach. That's a great pick. That's uh, a great I, pick. I think that was a reach. Jalen Darden worries me a ton. And then after that, we're just talking about some late round picks that I don't think are going to make a huge impact. So Buccaneers really underwhelmed me. But we don't want to harp on that too much because we're going to go into the AFC side of thing, AFC East specifically before we do. Matter Sports Consulting has some very exciting news in the works. Please follow us on all social medias platforms subscribe to our youtube channel and sign up for our email list in order to stay on top of all the big things coming here at maverick so now we're going to move into the afc david after my blunder there of trying to find our ad read for tonight afc east my father's favorite team of course the miami dolphins so we're going to move into some of that's why I had, give, I had to give you this one yeah, give me this one. So I will say this. I gave the Dolphins a B plus. I liked a lot of what the Dolphins did. I know that there were some things here that is a little boomer bust, but I think if it hits, man, it, it's going to hit. So I love Jalen Waddle. I would have taken Jalen Waddle in the top 10. I would not have even hesitated it because I really am just a big believer in the kid. I think that he's going to be found fantastic. I think he's what the Miami Dolphins need at the wide receiver position as well. So love that pick. Jalen Phillips. I understand there's a medical red, you know, red flag there. If he is able to stay healthy, this kid is very much worthy of a top 20 selection. So that one's a wait and see type of pick. But then we get Liam Eikenberg in the second round at right tackle. Solid. 
He's going to be super solid there at right tackle for for Notre Dame. I mean, for Notre Dame. After playing left tackle for Notre Dame, he's going to be very solid for the Miami Dolphins, assumedly playing the right tackle position. Like Hunter Long, I think Hunter Long combines uh, tight end out of Boston College being Hunter Long. Combined with Mike Kosicki, how he wins, I think that those are going to work really well together because Hunter's more of the physical inline guy, can play at the catch point comparative to Mike Kosicki, who's more of a big slot athletic type of kid. So I think those two are really going to work well together. Then you have Lonnell Coleman in the seventh round, the offensive tackle out of UMass, who looks the part, has 35-inch arms, worth developing there in the seventh round. And then the last guy was a big fan of this pick, Jared Dokes. From Cincinnati, another kid that dealt with some injuries. But I'm telling you right now, David, I put this on Twitter and I truly believe it. If well, he you makes put it on the Twitter, team, I hope you believe it. Right. If he makes the team, Miami Dolphins running back situation is not great. If he makes the team, I think he could lead the team in rushing this year. I really do. As a seventh round pick, that's calling my shot. I know it's a little bit of a off the wall one, but. I got a feeling there, man. We'll just leave it there. I got a feeling about Jared Dokes. So I gave that draft a B plus. I thought it was super solid. Draft I wasn't as excited about. The Patriots. I gave them a B. Mac Jones at 15 for me. I've been on record with this. It's just Mac. Like, I, it doesn't get me excited. I don't think that long term it's going to be anything substantial. But then Christian Barmore in the second rounds, huge value after he drops. Fantastic value. I'm there. Ronnie Perkins, another nice value. But then after that, for me, again, we're taking just guys. Like, well, Ramondre you and I are different. That's I know. I know. You point. love Ramondre Stevenson. It's fine. I don't. I, 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 I don't know. I think there's serious limitations there. I don't understand what the big, big thing about him is. Cameron Grone's interesting for Michigan. But then Joshua Bledsoe from the safety, the other safety from Missouri, like, just a guy for me, like maybe a special teamer, possibly. I don't know. It doesn't get me excited. William Sherman from Colorado doesn't get me excited. Trey Nixon from UCF doesn't get me excited. So I think there's two fantastic selections, one very solid one, and then a much in math. So I, I gave it a B, though, because Barmore in the second round, tremendous value. Ronnie Perkins, I believe, it was, was in the third round. Tremendous value. Go with those. Go with those. Another – Draft that was kind of on the same par for me for as the Patriots. I thought the Bills, I gave them a solid B. I think there's a lot of good in this draft. I just don't think there's a lot of substantial up, uh, impact early on. I think that this is more down the line. Down the line, I think the upside here could maybe be a B plus, maybe an A minus. But right now, I'm kind of curtailing it towards how much it's going to affect the 2021 season. And I don't see a bunch of instant impact. They got Gregory Rousseau, who I think is going to kind of sit and learn a little bit after not playing in 2020. Very good football player, though. Happy he fits there. Carlos Basham, I think, can play a little bit. Spencer Brown, I think, is going to be groomed to be the long-term offensive tackle there, right tackle or left. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think he's going to be the right tackle, though, long-term. But I don't think he's going to make an impact in 2021. Tommy Doyle, same deal. Talented, but I don't know what the impact is here. They got some good value in, in the later in the draft with Rashad Wild Goose, the, the defensive back, the nickel out of Wisconsin, and Jack Anderson. But I just don't think there's a lot of instant impact. If you're asking me future, long term, I think that I would grade this a lot higher than the than the instant impact. But when you combine them both together, I just felt like a solid B was a pretty good uh, pretty good landing point there. Then the last one, <laughs> New York Jets. For me, if Zach Wilson hits, then. 
it's it's a good draft. If he doesn't, then you know we're we're in a reset again. We need to find our quarterback. So we'll see you about the Zach Wilson pick. I gave this a B plus. Elijah Vera Tucker. I was not a fan of trading up for this player, but I am a fan of this player. I think that he does add a lot of instant impact, potentially playing right next to Mekhi Becton, your first rounder in 2020. I think that that is a, a opposing left side. Elijah Moore in the second round gives you something that you don't have currently. Michael Carter, the running back for North Carolina, again, adds something to your running back room. I like the Jamie on Sherwood pick. I like the Michael Carter, the second, the defensive back out of Duke pick. Hampson is Seraldine, though, David. This one is where it really kind of bulked up to a B-plus for me. Hampson is Seraldine in the sixth round, the safety out of Florida State. Steal. Absolute steal. We're talking about one of the biggest values. I thought this kid was going to potentially be a third-round pick, and then he's sitting there in the sixth. I think he brings you versatility on the back end, could maybe do some things on as a second-level defender. I was a fan of the Jets pick. The whole division, you know, from a wide scope was a little underwhelming to me. But I really did like a lot of what these teams did. I thought it was solid. Well, you know, for me, I really like what the Bills did. I would have, I, I would have graded them up from you. There, you know, you're a tough guy there because I think the Rousseau pick and the Basham pick and Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle, I think all four of those guys in the trenches are going to make this team better. And as we know, grades are often for drafts three years down the line. You know, these are our first grades ever. We'll come back three years from now. And when Ryan and I are going back and reminiscing about what did we grade teams three years ago, we'll look three years from now. I promise you we'll do a nice little show on it. It'll be fun three years from now. But uh, I'll be here telling him that he he screwed over the Bills Mafia because it's well, no, great. No, you, you're going you're gonna to be sitting there, you know, just bowing down a little bit. Wow, Not Ryan, really. you're so smart. Well, Love you know, I'll, be, I'll be in my walker by then. But, I, you know, the Jets, I mean, let's just be honest. Let's Uh-oh. be 100% honest. Uh-oh. The equipment staff for the Jets is not happy with this pick at all because you got two Michael Carters coming Uh-oh. in. <laughs> I was like, where are you going here? <laughs> the equipment staff is like, what are you doing to us? We got two rookies that are Michael Carter. Could you what's not have picked a different guy? What's the second? Michael Carter, the well, second. Well, it was at least nice of him to pick one that's the second who happened yeah. to be the second Michael Carter picked. So that'll help him because they'll just probably call him Deuce. And that's what he's going to have to get used to. But no, I just, I don't, I'm not a big Zach Wilson guy. I definitely didn't like him there. I didn't like that they trade up for Villar Tucker, even though, I, like you said, I love the pick. I think he's a great player. He fits on their offensive line. And in this draft, you might have had to make a move like that to make sure you got him. I just wasn't a big fan of that move. Elijah, I, Moore, I wasn't, I wasn't, not to cut you off, but I wasn't a big fan of the move just because I understand that it's a guard versus tackle conversation, but you could have potentially sat there with your original pick, I believe, right? 23, and you could have got Christian Darisaw. Just kind of, that, I know that's like, that's overanalyzing, and that's with a lot of, you know, um, a lot of in retrospect there, but when you just look at that situation, that could have changed my opinion on it a little bit. Right, and I, and I, like I said, I, I get it. Like I said, you, you, you looked at the board, he was the next best guard, or he was the best guard on your board. You, they, According to them, they had him in a top 10 pick. They made the trade, go get him. They got young offensive line to protect Zach. I get it. Uh, Elijah Moore, I'm not a big fan of, obviously. I don't like him too much. Um, I'm very vocal about that. And again, the re- and, and like you said, the safety from Florida State, way back where they got him, was a heck of a value pick. So, I, you know, Michael Carter, the running back from North Carolina, I, I'm a huge fan of. I thought that was a great pick for him. So I see the B-plus here. 
I would be more of a B there. Would have gave the Bills a B plus. Dolphins is a solid B to me because again, I I love Waddle. Phillips, I wouldn't have taken there because of the injury stuff. Uh, Liam's a great pick for him. Long's a good great pick for him. But then I'm not as high as Dokes as you are. So you know, for me, instead of a B plus, I would have been a solid B there. And up at the Pats, I probably would have been a B plus at the Pats because I think Mac Jones fits what they used to have at quarterback and at that system. And Barrymore's a great pick. Perkins is a great pick, as you said. I like Stevens. He fits our system again. I think the linebacker from Michigan fits our system. The Missouri safety fits our system. At the back end, like you said, the tackle from uh, Carolina and the Trey Nix kid are just guys, so they are fillers. But they had a heck of an offseason. They did a lot in free agency, so they didn't have to put a lot of pressure on themselves to win in the back end there. Um, And I think they did win up front. Uh, with their first four or five round picks. So, you know, for me, I would have probably gave the Pats a B, the B plus, gave the the Dolphins a B, Jets a B, and the uh, Bills the B plus. That's how I would have worked that system there. You know, the Patriots are just overcompensating. They don't have the magic man anymore, Tom Brady, a quarterback. They're just overcompensating, David. But I will say, I'm a, I'm excited for the next division. We're moving in, of course, the AFC West. With one of your former teams that you represented, of course, the uh, now Las Vegas Raiders. And I would love to hear this pick, David, because if you have. Uh, we're uh, we're going to wait on that. Let, let's get to the good stuff okay. before we get to the bad stuff. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's, get, let's get to the good stuff. So the Chiefs is, is a team that I just thought knocked it out of the park. Like, I really love their picks here. You know, I think they, they showed another strong year of drafting. Uh, Veach over there has done a great job in the past of, you know, finding the players to fit the system coming in and getting Nick Bolton back in, in the second round. You know what I mean? It was fantastic. Then bringing in Creed Humphreys to bolster their offensive line. Another fantastic move. Florida state uh, uh, defensive end, you know, help their pass rush. Um, Joshua. Kendo. Thank you. Great, great value. The tight end, uh, Noah Gray, another great value pick where they got him. Powell, I couldn't believe he was still there when they drafted him because I really think that's going to add some depth to that receiver room, which people just didn't want to see. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. that was great. And then Trey Smith would have been a sec- first, second-round pick if he didn't have the medical issues. So to get them all the way into the seventh round or sixth round, wherever they got him, Again, so solid. I gave them an A because all the way through they didn't. And what they did with their first round pick was trade it to go get a left tackle, a starting left tackle. So if you look at draft capital, I don't know if a team in this division really worked better than them. You know, I think the next team that was as good might have tied them was the Denver Broncos. Oh, I disagree. Go ahead. Okay. But the Broncos getting Teddy Bridgewater originally and then taking Patrick Sertan. You know, DB2 off the board right there, getting my favorite running back, Javante Williams. Perfect. Our boy, our friend of the show, Quinn Miners, who is a guard center combination that they got. And we love him. I think he's toughness. He's going to be getting some fights in training camp. It's going to be great to watch him. <laughs> and then adding uh, Brown, uh, Browning. Again, I know you're not a big fan of him, but I think there's a there was a conversation of how he fits in Vic Fangio's defense and that worked for him getting the Texas uh, safety Caden Stearns where they did great value Jamar uh, Jamar Johnson great value 
the Seth Williams kid again take the top off run, you know, stretch field back end of the round or back end of the draft made sense. Um, you know, again, adding uh, Ohio State, one of my favorite pass rushers, Jonathan Cooper. I know you don't like his arm length. I think his first step and his quickness, he showed versatility at the senior bowl, being able to play inside and out. And then again, going back to defensive line uh, with uh, Mississippi State's defensive end, Spencer. I thought that was a great overall draft for George Payton. He addressed some needs. He added some depth. He got this squad, a bunch of young talent. And it, it was fun for me to watch George in the driver's seat. And I gave them an A, too, because I think this is a, a draft that we'll look three years from now. And, it, you know, the Browning pick might not have panned out, but maybe the Stern pick, the Mississippi State, you know, Spencer, Seth Williams, somewhere in that back end with that, that talented back end of players, they're going to hit. And up front, I think it's a no-brainer. Williams and Sertan are going to hit. So, that was that. Um, B plus. You're a soft grader. You're, you're a soft grader, David. Soft. I'm not, man. I'm pretty. I'm pretty harsh on people, and you're about to hear that one coming. But <laughs> uh, you know, the Chargers again. I'm not a Slater fan like you, but I see the value in the pick where they got him. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr. I thought fell into a great spot, and uh, for them to come back and get him was great. Josh Palmer didn't make that much sense to me where they took him. I thought there's other people on the on the uh in the pool still. I should say they could have pulled out of there when they pull up, pulled out Palmer, but he's a good route runner with very good hands. Um think he's a Canadian kid. He might get drafted in the Canadian draft tonight. So he's an interesting player that way. Um uh, you know, they take one of my favorite players in in McKitty. Um you know, the the big hand, 11-hand guy out of Georgia tight end. The Duke edge uh, guy, the the pass rusher, Rumpf, interesting. I think he fits their system. He's not my style guy. Nick Needham, I like a lot from Iowa. So I think he'll be in there and be good. Roundtree, I thought was a steal back where they got him. That was a player I thought the Giants might go get. And the Giants passed on him, and they went and got him. And I think that he could be a very good depth uh, running back for them there. And then, you know, Webb. In the seventh round, I don't know why he was back there. He's a good player, got range, got length, Georgia safety. So, again, very solid draft by the San, uh, the L.A. Chargers. So, And then we get to the Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Can't wait. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Leatherwood, really? And then, and then to follow it up with three safeties drafted, I know the Virginia Tech kid Dabble is going to be a linebacker, but man, three safeties, Leatherwood, a question mark at, at tackle, um, Koontz out of Buffalo, linebacker. Yeah, I like Koontz. I like Koontz. I know you like Koontz, but not for them, not there. And I like, I like Tyree Gillespie. Don't get me wrong. You know I, I like, like Tyree Gillespie, Gillespie yep. but for the Raiders – like and they had already drafted two safeties and then they get Gillespie. Like, I just don't get it. Now, Nate Hobbs, like I said three weeks ago on the kids' show, Nate Hobbs made so much sense to be a Raider because he tested off the charts with all his with all his positional skills. I mean, this kid, if you haven't seen his pro day workout, go look it up. Nate Hobbs, uh cornerback out of Illinois, who's played safety and cornerback. So it's almost like they drafted four safeties here and then a center. And they had so many needs. I just don't get this draft. 
I didn't crush him with the grade because there is some value in here, obviously, you know, with with Koontz and Dabo and Gillespie and Hobbs. There's there's some there's some pieces here. So I gave him a C, but man, I, it's still a, a WTF draft to me. I don't get the strategy at all. Man, man. St- Another soft grade, Dave. That is the most D minus draft of all time. But you know, you got to be nice to, to your former team. I, I get it, man. I get it. Uh, question for you before we move on to next divi- next division. Trey McKitty, eleven uh, inch hands. Was that uh, is that more or less than career receptions for him? Less. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Cool. All right. So we're gonna move on now to the AFC North. Oh man, uh, David. Should I should I remount a team? Should I rerun a couple teams first, or should I save that to the end? I'll let you decide that. <laughs> I think you'd start with the positive. We'll work to the negative here. Okay. Positive. Really like what the Cleveland Browns did. Really like what the Cleveland Browns did. Obviously, the Browns made the playoffs this past year, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of good stuff happening. They get Greg Newsom in the first rounds, which at their pick I thought was super solid. They get one of the biggest steals in the in the, in the draft. Jeremiah Wusakoramoa falls to them into the second round. Fantastic selection. Anthony Schwartz, meh. But James James Hudson, I think, is a developmental tackle that fell to them a little later than some people thought he was going to go. Tommy Togiai from Ohio State. Tony Fields, linebacker from West Virginia, I thought was very good value, I think, in like the fifth or sixth round. Richard LeCount fell, obviously, after not great testing, but had some really good tape at Georgia. So I thought they had a really nice draft, game of B+. I think there's a lot of good for what the Cleveland Browns did, to say the least. So I'm going to give them a B+. The other positive, the Baltimore Ravens. Since Ozzie Newsom days, now into where we are now. I think that they continue to just let good football players fall to them. So the Baltimore Ravens drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round. Then they took a swing at Mr. Jason Oway out of Penn State, which I'm good with at the end of the first round because I think there is some legitimate developmental potential there, and they have been known for developing their guys defensively. So, like that pick, Ben Cleveland is the most Baltimore Raven of all time, the big guard out of Georgia. Like, he is a Baltimore Raven. There was no doubt that he was going to be a Baltimore Raven, in my opinion. Moving later, Sean Wade obviously fell big time after a lot of preseason hype. There is some huge projection there still. There is some unease, but for where they got him, I think it was worth the gamble. Dalen Hayes later in the draft is another guy for me uh, from Notre Dame that he was going to be a Baltimore Raven. Like It just made sense. He just looks like a Baltimore Raven. And then, David, they take the fullback. Ben Mason out of Michigan, man. Baltimore Raven. Don't understand the pick. I don't understand the pick either, but he is also such a Baltimore Raven. Like that is a Baltimore Raven or Las Vegas Raider right there. If I've ever seen one, Mr. Ben Mason. So I thought they got, I did, did some really good stuff. B plus two biggest needs that they had, in my opinion, wide receiver play and pass rush. They fulfilled that in early on in this draft. So I like a lot they did. Now to the negatives. Let's start with <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Steelers who lost Alejandro Villanueva, the starting left tackle, to free agency, lost their starting center, Marquise Pouncey, to retirement. They decide, hey, it, it was it was an easy pick, right? Everybody knew it was going to happen. Najee Harris, that was going to be their guy in the first round. We know it, which is fine, you know, because they didn't need a running back. They haven't had a dynamic player at running back since Le'Veon Bell left. So I get it. But then, David, 
you know I love Pat Fryermuth. I love Pat Fryermuth, tight end of Penn State. Second-ranked tight end for me. But, you, you know, you, you're replacing a left tackle and you're replacing your center and you choose to go tight end in the second round when you just drafted a running back in the first. I did not love that selection. I really did not. Not because I don't like Pat Fryermuth and what he could bring potentially to the Pittsburgh Steelers, just because... Again, we're we're building from the inside out. You have a couple massive holes in your offensive line with a quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger who is nearing the twilight and is not quite the nearing improviser. The he's well, he's in the twilight. In the he's twilight. firmly he's firmly in the twilight, and he is not the improviser that he once was. Breaking tackles, getting outside the pocket, he can't do that anymore. So you didn't solidify your offensive line. Took Kendrick Green, who I like as a developmental player inside. Dan Moore Jr. from Texas A&M, another developmental offensive lineman. But neither of these guys are going to play early on for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I still think there's some huge question marks in the most important spot outside of quarterback in football, the offensive line. So just didn't love how they kind of attacked it. And then, man, the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, so Jamar Chase with the fifth pick. Worth it, in my opinion. For for just talking about in a vacuum, Jamar Chase. Passing on Sewell. Well, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. What I'm saying is, in a vacuum, Jamar Chase, I believe, is worth the fifth overall selection in draft because I think he's potentially special at wide receiver. But with the offensive line problems that you had after you just saw your quarterback with a catastrophic knee injury due to an inferior offensive line, you took a wide receiver with a top five pick when Penny Sewell is still on the board, you made a luxury selection when your offensive line is in shambles and already threatens your quarterback's career. I can't get behind it. I can't. Penny Sewell had to be the pick in that spot. Penny Sewell didn't go to the seventh pick in the draft. I don't understand why he fell to the seventh, especially when – Jamar Chase, like, I, I think it's, it's just, it's not a necessity. It's a luxury at that pick. And then we're talking about Jackson Carmen in the second rounds. We're talking about East Carolina offensive tackle Deontay Smith later in the draft. We're talking about Trey Hill, the interior offensive lineman from Georgia. All players can maybe play down the road, but are any of those guys going to start from day one for the Cincinnati Bengals? I guess maybe Carmen's going to get thrown in there because he's a second round pick, but like, you did not pro- improve this offensive line. You did not do it. You, Especially this year, you did not do it. So although I like Jamar Chase a ton, even though Cameron Sample, I was a big fan of that pick, you did not prove the offensive line the way you needed to. And then also Joseph Asai, like, I, I, I just I just don't get the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh still is Cincinnati Bengals, I think, really missed the mark not improving the offensive line, especially the Cincinnati Bengals, who had a chance to get the best offensive tackle in the draft, and I think who the best offensive tackle that's come out in the last couple of years. Yeah, I agree with you there. You know, as I ripped on the Bengals all all weekend, anybody who listened to our live draft coverage, they know that's how I feel about them. Um, you know, I do feel like Tyler Sel- uh, Slavin is a good pick for him, but outside of that, man, I mean, it's it's a real and to get Herbert Wyatt Herbert. Who has thirty inch arms? Want about short arms as a pass rusher? I like Wyatt Hubert, man. High, high motor, like but come on, man, really. <laughs> and again, like they didn't the off. It wasn't just that they didn't address offensive line. The offensive linemen they picked are very poor, very poor. 
Like they're not good players. So for me, the Bengals had a very bangle like draft, and I thought you're a soft grader for giving them a C plus, being honest with you. Because oh, outside you. of Chase, the rest of it is meh, as you would call it. I like Cam Sample. I like Cameron Sample. I, again, I think there's some people in there, but it's no difference maker. It doesn't really help your offense get better besides Chase. Chris Evans, late, friend of the show, all that stuff. Great pick uh, late, but again, they already have two running backs there on the roster that are going to take the majority of the time. So why draft the guy there when they could draft somebody else to help the defense in pass coverage or whatever? This isn't a deep roster, so I struggle with that. I think you were harsh on the Steelers. I think the Steelers was a Steeler-like oh, draft. Trash, trash. Again, I think it's a Steeler-like draft, and anybody who drafts Loudermilk in their in their draft in Roche, guys that I really like, obviously late, I'm all about it. I'm all for it. Steelers, he is a, he is just being a jackass with that grade. So whoa, don't worry whoa, about whoa, it. Whoa, they'll whoa, they'll whoa, play, but you'll you'll play him out of that grade. He'll be embarrassed about that in three years. Um, you know, I said this: the Baltimore Ravens. I didn't really like the Bateman pick in first round. I'm not a big Bateman guy. Um, I would have thought they would have went a little bit different route with that pick. Uh, I do like the edge. Uh, was it the Penn State defensive end? Away. Jason Away. Yeah. And I like how they picked up, you know, Hayes later, obviously getting Wink, Martindale, more more weapons. Not a Sean Wade fan. I think he's he's a pass interference away from just being cut. So, but like you said, Ben Cleveland is a hundred percent a Baltimore Ravens style offensive lineman. So again, they hold true to what they're saying. Mary. Again, the Browns to me, I'm not a Newsome guy, as you know, because of the injury stuff. I don't like it. And to be a first round pick, I can't have that kind of pick there. Um, I would have went a different route. JOK was a great value where they got him. Schwartz, I'm not a big fan because I don't think he catches the ball naturally. Um, you know, again. Some of these picks, I just I don't see it. I do like the uh, Felton late because I think he's a kick returner and that somebody that the offensive coordinating head coach will find and have a weapon, uh, add a weapon there to the offense for him. But again, I think it was a good draft, not a great draft. B plus is kind of high for me there. Wow, David. Okay, just just shitting on all my grades. I love it. So last division here, AFC North. David Turner, you're going to bring us home here. Um, well, we're going to AFC South. Oh, I see South. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saw the I saw the Houston Texans that I wanted to completely avoid them. So here we go. <laughs> AFC South. So, save the best the for last. I don't want to completely ignore themselves. Um, <laughs> but again, we'll start with the Jags. I thought the Jags obviously taking the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, first pick. I love the ATN pick. I know some people didn't like it because he's a running back. I thought he was like they already have a better. running back. They already have a running back. Again, they have a, a running back on a very inexpensive contract too, and he's yeah. young. And a running back that doesn't fit the new system that they're really implementing. And this is the common goat for the quarterback you just drafted first overall. They're really good friends. They really are going to enjoy each other. They they love playing with each other. Makes a ton of sense here. I'll even be fair if they would have taken Powell later in the draft. It would have made even better sense for me because it's like here you're giving your quarterback his boys to come into a foreign locker room and you got him weapons on his side of the ball where he's got a running back and a receiver and he'd be like, oh, cool, let's let's do it with my guys, right? So should have gave him Jackson Carmen too at offensive line too, right, David? By that no, uh, Carmen's terrible. No, <laughs> Carmen's terrible. 
So no, that that's that's definitely an upgrade. Their offensive line is definitely an upgrade. Question mark for me was a little guy because he hasn't played a, uh, at all since 2019. I think in 19 he only had like one game. So I yeah. don't understand the pick there so early. Cisco's a great pick, as we talked about on the show. Rangy over the top safety. Jordan Smith, um, you know, the wide receiver camp from Georgia Tech. Interesting. I think he's more of a teamer type guy. But I thought overall B plus. You know, I don't think they hit it out of the park, but I think they did a really solid job for the quarterback and the team down there with the picks they got. Um, next up, I'll go Tennessee Titans. You know, Caleb Farley, if the back chain, uh, you know, checks out, great value where they got him. Uh, they had to address the offensive line again because of the kid last year messed them up on their first round pick. Um, yeah. So they went and got uh, Rod, how you say it? Raidens. Raidens. And then Monty Rice, who I like a lot, and then Elden, Elgin Molden or Elijah Molden, who's going to be a great slot defender. Des Fitzpatrick, one of my favorite, obviously one of my favorite route runners in the in the draft, wide receiver. Rashad Weaver, who I really like a lot on the field and as a player. What we saw at the Senior Bowl elevated him in my eyes. Macbeth, big tall receiver, right uh, later in the draft, and then uh, finishing it out with the safety from Oregon, Breeze. Jay Rob and them did a very solid job. Great draft. It wasn't, you know, again, I ha- I couldn't give them an A because Farley's back was a question mark. And if it doesn't pan out, you kind of blew that pick. But the rest of the draft class was really solid. So I gave him a, a solid B, you know, kind of with an arrow up. Might have been, I might have been a little light on. Should probably gave him an A minus because the, it was a good draft. Jay Rob's done a great job drafting there for him. Now you go to the Colts. You know, the Colts to me wasn't a Colts-like draft. Uh, you know, it's kind of like having an A-plus student in your class and not receiving the work that you're used to from them. This, they, they got knocked down because of that. Usually Dodds and them over there, you know, they come up and they and I, I'm loving their drafts. This year it's like, man, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, Pay makes sense, but I don't love it. The Vanderbilt, uh, you know, guy, he's He's Ayo. got a torn, torn ACL, so like you're talking about immediate impact, not going to be there this year. I love uh, Ky- Kylan uh, Granderson. You know, our guy on the show didn't even know who he was. Um, <laughs> there at SMU, our boy Alex, I was like, gave him the who's at mode. Uh, I love the Sean Davis pick. You know, Sam Ellinger doesn't make any sense to me. The Charleston wide receiver is just a guy. So, you know, for me, it's just not the Colts style draft that i'm used to from them um so they only got a c but i'll say this texans had very little draft capital they didn't have much to work with but i think they did well with what they got you know and especially out the gate they need a quarterback because they don't know what's happening with their quarterback so mons was gone i really felt they wanted mons and they couldn't get him, so they had to take the next quarterback and the next one up was mills so davis mills going there made a lot of sense you know you had to make that call because you don't know what's going on with your franchise quarterback. Nico Collins is one of my favorite route runners and long ball, deep ball threat. I know you think he's a guy. I really like him. I think sitting out of here hurt him. If he would have played this year, he would have been able to uh, show a little bit more of those skills, and people would have came up the boards on him. Braven Jordan, again, fell, fell, fell. He needed an offensive weapon. He kept falling. You took him. Great value pick where they got him. Garrett uh, Wolow. You know, I like Wallow. I like Wallow. I he, I'm not shot in the ass like you are with him. And then Roy Lopez, again, you know, he's all right. 
Just yeah, like. exactly. So for what they had in the draft capital, they could do things with. I gave them a C plus. I mean, I really think that they they did the best they could with what they had. Yeah, unfortunately, they didn't have a ton. One quick note before we end the show: the Colts draft. I agree with you, David. Very underwhelming draft for me, specifically because right now you have. Sam Tevy or Julian Davenport slated to start left tackle. You did not draft an offensive tackle until the seventh round. Crazy Will Fries, who is an okay little football player, but like, come on, man. Why are these teams just not talking about offensive line? Why are they not making a priority? We'll never understand. But again, this is our first annual Mavs NFL draft grade. Appreciate everybody for coming along with us for the ride. You can find us on any social media platform that you choose, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anything at all. Would appreciate you to follow Mav Sports, Mav underscore sports on Twitter. Send us a review. Five stars on Apple Podcasts would be absolutely fantastic. You can follow me at Rise and Draft. You can follow David at Mav underscore sports. We will be back. Next week, 8.30 Eastern Time, Tuesday night live on the Mav Sports Twitter page, YouTube, and David's personal Facebook if you're still in the Stone Age. So we appreciate you so much for taking some time with us tonight. Next week, we'll be talking 2022 NFL Draft, even if David Turner, even if I have to fight him. We'll no, we're not doing that. But I, I'll say this. This draft did show which staffs are good, good scouting star, uh, departments and which ones kind of lagged. Um, you know, and again, the disappointment in certain certain staffs because I know they have good good evaluators there just showed that you know everybody has an off day, and you know not a lot of people put a lot of emphasis in this year's draft too. They they feel next year is going to be a better draft. So um, you know, I think some people just cashed it in, called it in early this year, and went with what they have. And the off season really dictated, like I said, the New England Patriots, the New York Giants. You know, we gave the New England Patriots the best construction award, right? When we did a uh, grading after free agency here on Mavs, and they that forced them not to have to do a ton in the draft. They did some nice things, and I think they did some some good stuff. You know, whereas the Texans, I love you guys, but man, you gave out a lot of one year contracts. You didn't do much in free agency. It forced you to do more, and you didn't have the draft capital to do more. So it's going to be a rough two years down there, and I feel for them because I think. They're going to get bashed a lot, but they're not being left with a cupboard full of a lot of groceries and they don't have money to to go spend, whether it's in draft capital or free agent money or cap money in space. So as much as we're going to be critical of them over the next couple of years, it doesn't mean we don't love you. We know you're being left with a very rough situation down there. Um, you know, so it's going to be really interesting and exciting. But I think if Ryan Roberts, if I had to tell you pick one team right now, that won this year. Who was it? Won this year's what? Off season? We're talking no, about no. We're just gonna say who won the draft. Who won the draft? Who won the draft? Um, I would say for me, Kansas City Chiefs is the one that pops to my head because I think that they didn't have as much draft capital as some, and I thought that they really just hit it out of the park. New York Giants would be another one. I, I would rather flip the Aziz Ojolari and the Kadarius Tony pit, but I think that Dave Gettleman had maybe one of his best drafts. So there's a couple of teams off the top of my head. David Turner, I'll let you lend it. Who is your wit- biggest winner of the draft weekend? You know, I got I, I really got to go with, well, the most improved. Let me start with the most improved okay. is the Bears. 
the Bears, the Bears. did a great job off the drafts that they've been really not good yeah. at. They did a great job, and I got to give them some good credit there because they really did. You know, my favorite draft of of the of the day, of the of the week, man. There were some good ones, but it sounded like I, you loved the New Orleans Saints. It sounded like that was your favorite. I was gonna say, you know what? It's hard for me to for these words to come out of my mouth, but the Dallas Cowboys did a great job drafting, and I think they stuck to their plan. They knew what they had to do, and they found the players that fit their system. And that's all that I always preach about is find the players that fit your system that your coaches want to coach and address your needs with the best players available. And really this year, they did a lot of that and throughout their whole draft. So I got to commend them for their draft this year. Yeah, and we will continue to put these teams under the microscope as we prepare for the 2021 NFL season. The first 17-game schedule regular season in NFL history. Appreciate you all again for taking some time with us. For your show here, Maps Map Sports Take, that dives into the things that people do not want to talk about, the business of sports and all the inklings behind the curtain. Appreciate you all again. Come join us next week. Same time, same place. Appreciate everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media. Share your thoughts on today's episode and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.